Welcome back to another episode of Spill Your Sports as we come in with a great Joe Diffie hit. Uh, rest in peace to Joe Diffie. We're here with Derek D-Rock Pretty. Little Willie Rudd action over here. Rest and in peace, Joe. <laughs> we love you, bud. One of the greats. It was a tough week uh, this week. And not just uh, being quarantined with the coronavirus, but like, obviously loss of Joe Diffie. Hit some of us. Um... And of course, Big Daddy Decker here, and it's been a, about a week and a half since we went brought it to our last episode. Really, wasn't much to talk about in the sports world. It's been <laughs> been a hot minute. We've been pretty much quarantined, <laughs> staying to ourselves, and we do apologize. <laughs> but uh, we did break. try to make up to y'all though. <clears throat> so, uh, trying to kind of bring you what we what is happening in the sports world, which ain't a lot these days, uh, of course. Uh, biggest news since we talked was, uh, of course, probably Tom Brady going to the Bucks and finally leaving the Patriots after all these years. Thank Crazy. <laughs> Crazy to think. Um, you know, I honestly felt like that he would retire a Patriot, which he probably could have retired 15 years ago for many Still people. Still wouldn't care. I mean, I just wouldn't have cared. But. but, um, so what about Brady to the Bucks? Let's start there today. Um... Obviously, an upgrade for the Buccaneers over <laughs> Jameis. I mean, who threw more interceptions and touchdowns probably last year? Thirteen thirty. Sounds like a TV show. Yeah. Jameis Winston should have been defensive player of the year. <laughs> hey, you could make an argument for that. <laughs> uh, so, what's your thoughts? Good move for Tampa Bay. Bad move. Uh, it's good move, I reckon. I mean, anything's like you just said. It. Anything's better than James Winston. Well, I mean, Tom Brady is still limping on one leg. I mean, you know, their offense. They have better than New, they, New England. Yeah, you got. I ain't got. I ain't got to mention the weapons they got. If uh, if James, New England, if, if Jameson could have hit his receivers instead of the DBs last year, it'd probably been one of the best offenses in the league. Yeah, very true. Still one of the most yeah. overrated. Was he number one? Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Out of Florida State. Number I mean, one. what has he done? Could you put him? I mean, could you put him up over Demarcus Russell as one of the biggest bust? No, <laughs> no, probably not. No. But it's as fun. much as you want to pass that torch off, <laughs> I've, I've got you somewhere. I've, 2006 seems so, uh, it's seemed so long ago. I'll be able to pass it off somebody. He, he's getting there, but just he's he's still crawling to get to well, Jamarcus. Listen, did, how long did did I wonder how many starts Jamarcus actually had? In the league. Let's see. He was in Oakland for about, I want to take a gander from 2006, 2008, maybe three years roughly. I'll have to go back and check. Uh, but he didn't start that whole time. No, 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 no. No, God, you had Marquise Deweese Sopo. I'm not going to say that name again. Uh, gosh, gosh, Kerry Collins in that time frame. They went out and got a lot of guys to try to bandage up the bleeding because, you know, when they drafted Jamarcus – they threw $82, $83 million at him right off the bat. He got fat, couldn't move. He looked like, I mean, it was just awful out there. And as a starter, he probably went, he probably won four or five games. And he lost two I would minutes. say that over the course of that year, he probably did not start more than 15, 16 games, maybe. I know you're going to look it up. Um, but here's the thing. Jameis has been a starter for – Four or five years. Him and Marcus Mariota, of course, came out in the same draft class. Marcus was two or three. Two. Number two. Jameis went one. Marcus went two. Um, I think 
you know, Marcus has probably had more injury problems that's kind of derailed him a little bit and switching to the offensive coordinators. At the time, I thought Marcus was a better quarterback than Jameis. I still agree with that. Yeah. Hands down. Um, I just think Marcus needs the right system. I'm not sure Jameis can be fixed, just to be honest. I don't think it's a system problem when you just turn around and throw it to the other people. Yeah. Uh, turnovers have always been, you know, something that's um, plagued him. So, obviously, you know, the main topic, though, is Brady and what he brings to the table. And I'm interested to see how him and Bruce Arians work together. Bruce Arians is a character, ain't he? <laughs> Bruce Arians is <laughs> – if you ever watched, the, I think it was on Amazon, the series uh, – um, it was an NFL where they followed Bruce Arians and the Cardinals for through a season or something, and oh my God, this man is great. He, he's pretty. I mean, he's got. A, yeah, he's just, colorful. That's for sure. Just to say what he wants to say and how he wants to say it. Mm-hmm. Kudos to him, but he's polar opposite. But the though. scary thing about Bruce Arians, look what he did with Andrew Luck back in 2012 when you know um, Pagano went down with cancer. They go, they reel off all them wins. I mean, Luck was still young, and for him to do that with a young quarterback, imagine what you know what he can do with a Tom Brady, and well, Tom Brady can do with Bruce Arians. Well, I mean, that that to me is the scary part is Arians is the complete polar opposite of Belichick, Belichick. right? So I'm eager to see how this chemistry works, and you know, I thought that coming into it that Brady may want some power, some say so, and some things, and you know. Of all the reports I've read, that wasn't the case. He just said, I just want to come and play. You all take care of that. You all, I don't want any roster decisions. You all give me what He you wanted do. to play for them. I think he, it was just more of a thing. He just wanted to be happy his last few years, just kind of somewhere where he felt just yeah. happier. Central Florida's not a bad place to be happy. <laughs> I know, mean, get weather. out of Gillette Stadium and, you know, playing in basically snow for six <laughs> weeks a year. I mean, so it's interesting. You got that number? Oh yeah, Jamarcus Russell. He started twenty-five games. Oh, that's thirty-one in all. Okay, man. Just listen to these stats; they're unbelievable. Thirty-one <laughs> games, fifty-two point one completion percentage, four thousand <laughs> yeah. yards, eighteen TDs, and that's in three years. So I mean, hmm. man, those are good numbers. <laughs> so no, I don't think you can say James. I didn't did. say. I just I was being funny. Oh well, James Winston is not in that category. <laughs> oh, I know it. You know, and Jesus. That begs the difference. What happens with Jameis now? I mean, who's going to take a chance on him? Is some they're going to bring somebody in to let him be a backup somewhere? Um, there's a couple of quarterbacks still on the market. I know, obviously, everybody was looking at Brady, but now Philip Rivers obviously is in uh, Indianapolis, and so that you know, what's that mean for Jacoby Brissett? He's mad. <laughs> he's not. He's not happy. I don't think Brissett will be in Indy. No, I really think they'll move. Was, him. Is he still under contract? Yeah. Okay, so one more I mean, year. Um, Chicago, look what happened with Chicago. Oh yeah, the Foles. The Foles going there, and then so then you have Mitch Trubisky sitting there. Ugh. And then you have what happened in Carolina with. I think Teddy Bridgewater is the, one of the most underrated signings. I really think I, I like that. As a, I like that as a move. I really do. I like the Teddy Bridgewater. He's one. He's a winner. He is one. He won in Minnesota when he got the opportunity to play in Minnesota. Got, got hurt. hurt. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, here comes, you know, Cousins to kind of replace him. Actually, was it Cousins that replaced him? Chase Keenum. Yeah, Started. Chase Keenum and then the Cousins. But I never really thought Teddy got the opportunity that he deserved 
in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Yep. He is not going to start over Drew Brees in New Orleans. He was tired of sitting. He was tired and, of sitting. And so this is a good move for him. And then out of nowhere, they signed the the XFL quarterback. Going to our podcast, uh, what was our first or second one? When I was breaking down, look, this XFL is great for these guys getting second chances. And then, boo Philip Walker, here he comes. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's great. I, I mean, a, that's a, a prime example of your XFL. And a, there was another player that just got signed. Um, oh, fooey mooey. Who? Uh, oh. Quick note, Austin McGinnis needs to be signed. He is perfect in field goals. <laughs> Shout out to Kentucky so, Wildcats. That's for anybody <laughs> NFL team looking for Chicago Bears. Pay <laughs> attention. He won't miss, I promise. But that's a that's a prime example for your XFL just getting these guys second chances. Because, I mean, them numbers. And yeah. what what the XFL, they still needed what? They still had three or four more games yeah, left in their yes. season. Yeah, they had to cancel early. And I'm telling you what's going to be interesting is to watch Walker, because I've seen a little bit of him, but see him and Bridgewater competing. Now, can Walker get up to the speed with an NFL system to that quick? You know, that's probably – but I think he's He's been be, with three or four other teams. So. Yeah, but I, I mean, mean – But this ain't his, you know – You know, the, I think the thing Bridgewater has over him is he's coming into a system he's already familiar with because the OC and everything in Carolina mm-hmm. he had already been with in New Orleans. So, right. he at least knows that system, whereas Walker don't. And, you know – who knows how long we're going to be on, if they're going to get OTAs, if they're going to get that stuff for him to really develop. Mm -hmm. So I think Bridgewater will kind of go into the season as the number one. And um, that still leaves Cam Newton dangling out there. I mean, here is a Who wants to put up with a diva? What what do we have? Three Heisman winning quarterbacks? The Jameis win the Heisman? Yeah. Marcus. Mariota, he wanted it. Mariota in Oregon. And now you have Cam and Auburn. Three former Heisman winning quarterbacks sitting out there. Marcus already got two. And Tebow. 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 (laughs) Somebody give Tebow some love. Granted, Marcus Mariota is a Raider now, but he was on the market, obviously. So going into this, you had three. Heisman winning quarterbacks. I mean, that, that are sitting out there, and obviously Cam Newton and Winston are still there. And you still uh, got teams like Washington, Cincinnati, where you know everybody knows where since he's going with the number one pick. And two of them won college football championships. You know, with Cam was, and Jameis. I mean, look, James, how many games did Jameis lose? Why he was at Florida one, Florida State one or two? I mean, over two, four, three, three maybe. years for I mean, his numbers in college were ridiculous. So was that shrimp he's throwing at the stores too. But that's never here. There. It was but crab legs. Though. It was crab legs. Shrimp. It's all seafood. seafood. Um, it's all water. He saw food. You know, he threw it. And I think one of the teams to watch with this quarterback Who's the dark horse? is Denver. I, I still think Denver might need. Uh, some upgrade there, and then all a of a sudden, what about you know San Diego? They, from what I've been reading, I, they're high they're, on Tyrod Taylor. Looks like they're rolling with Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor. another Cam even worked out with Tyrod. Yeah, and they're still like, hey, we're sticking with Tyrod as of now. Here's a dark horse team nobody's bringing up, and it, it's amazing. You know when the the Detroit Lions. When's enough enough with Matt Stafford? Uh, Why don't you bring in you know, a Jameis or a Cam? You know, give Stafford some competition. When's enough enough? Well, here's the problem I have with Detroit and Matthew Stafford. When has he had a decent offensive line? When has he had a decent running game? 
to help him out. Everything has squarely fallen on his shoulders. And, you know, when he had uh, Calvin Johnson to throw the ball to, it was that, that was that was it. I mean, they, that organization has done nothing to help Stafford. No. To, in my opinion, Stafford is a good NFL quarterback. Is he elite? No. So we need to call out the GM and their front office and the organization. Yeah. I Detroit mean, Lions they, get it right. They have, yeah, done a, they have done a horrible job of building a team. And, you know, I'll be honest, uh, is it Patricia, Matt Patricia? Yeah. yeah. That, that's there. I was reading an article about him and uh, his rapport with some of the players. It, it, I think that's a toxic environment, uh, you know, based on what I've heard about some things that went on when he came in and calling players out and things like that. And, you know, every coach kind of has their thing. But I just think the Detroit organization has did a horrible job of building around Stafford. They have missed on no telling how many draft picks. Oh gosh! I mean, <laughs> you can pile them up. So you know, I still think Stafford is good. I think you can move Stafford to a another team, and he has the potential to get a team to you know definitely into the playoffs and you know do well. I would love. I mean, Tannehill's. You know, came on. I could see that same type of resurgence from a Stafford yes. if he was to get on the right team. I think he could go to Chicago. I think he could, you know, end up in maybe even a place like Denver that had a, a decent defense and could compete. That's well, a tough division. I don't think it's necessarily their front office drafting the guys because I'm sitting here looking. And, you know, they, they take Lake and Thomason in 2015 at guard. Taylor Decker, you know, what, left tackle, 16. Uh, Frank Ragnall, center, and 18. So I, I guess it's just the dice you roll when you draft these linemen, you know, and it don't pan out. And some, yeah, and some of them don't pan. <clears throat> I mean, and some of them don't gel. I mean, you got to look at what type of line you're building. Are you building? Are you going to drop back and throw it 40 times a game? If so, you better have people that can pass protect. That's what he's done. And you know, you know, Decker, and you know, a lot of those guys that they drafted, I think, were more road graders built to run the ball. And more coming from more power run schemes, things like that, from schools like that, you know, it doesn't make sense for me to, you know, grab a, a lineman out of Wisconsin that's, you know, a mauler and, you know, used to running the ball 30 times a game and drop him back to throw at 12. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, all these guys are going to grade, you know, great, but what are you asking them to do? Um, so, you know, like I said, I just think that. We're getting off tra- off topic, but sorry, I brought the lines. I know. I, no, I, I, I think I think Stafford really just needs to change the scenery, and I really think he still has a lot left in the tank. Um, but I just think they've tried to put too much on his shoulders and not giving him the help he needs to be successful. Which nobody could have predicted Calvin Johnson, you know, retiring so early. Um, but who is to say he wouldn't take another contract somewhere else? Because I mean, his contract would definitely be. He wanted. To, he he would have. I know one place he would have went. That's just me being biased. He would have went west. Dallas Mavericks. So he would have played with Luka. <laughs> <laughs> this kid when he was 13. He would have definitely uh, been silver and black. I agree, yeah. agree with you there. All right, so. And, and, uh, and they lost Darius Slay. <clears throat> yeah, Darius Slay's gone too. I mean, that's That was the one I was reading about. Yeah. Uh, that Matt Patricia called out. Went uh, to the Eagles. Yeah, they, I believe that so, I mean, called out. You just, I mean, with an organization, you just, it's a lot of dice rolling, and I think that's one that they've missed more than they've hit. I'm going to go out on a limb real quick. 
touching base on the first topic with the Brady's and Buck thing, I would be more excited as a Buccaneer fan to see a Matthew Stafford go down there with them weapons and try that out as opposed to I'm not in love with that Brady signing. I think it's you're going to sell tickets and get people to come. Yeah, it's excitement, but overall I don't see this working out for the Buccaneers in a situation where we're talking about a Super Bowl. I think if this happened five years ago, you could make a different argument. But as of now, I don't see Brady going down there, taking the reins, and all of a sudden the Buccaneers are in. We're watching the Super Bowl. No, and here, to me, I agree with you, and here's why. I don't think at this point Brady's career, he's still got the arm to really – you know, Chuck, you know, he's not the Randy Moss Brady when no. he was just unlaunching god-awful passes deep. And the way the Buccaneers' offense is set up, Arians is a push-the-ball-down-the-field kind of guy. And, you know, I'm not sure how much Brady ha- of that is left in Brady's game. Yeah. A couple times a game, yeah. But, you know, to drop back and, you know, to stretch the field, stretch the field, stretch the field. If you looked at the last couple of years and – up in uh, Foxborough, it's been more dink and dunk, take the passes out of there, working underneath type coverage. That's not Tom Brady ain't had a Mike Evans since Randy Moss. Yeah, let's bring that up. Yeah, and that's scary. I'm telling you, I just want to see how he does with it. I mean, of course, we don't know yet. Just me going off of how I, a gut feeling. I don't, I don't like it. I think the Teddy Bridgewater Carolina signing was bigger. In my, in my personal opinion. I just I, – yeah, it's cool. Brady was the big name out there. He's got a team now. I don't really see it being good long-term for the Bucks. Right. <coughs> Switching gears for a second. Uh-huh. How, how did the Pats recover? I'll never question Bill Belichick. <laughs> I know. I mean, they can <laughs> well, and, 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 we, and we brought that up the last time we talked about – Greatest coaches of all times. Uh, he is still the great one of the greatest coaches yes. ever. Yes, two decades to of this running Malton just. And yes. so we're really about to say. And if you look at when Brady went down with a knee injury, well, I think he went out in the first game with the ACL. That it was the first or second game. Everybody talked that season up like, oh, it's over, Tom Brady. They were still pretty successful that season. Yeah. Uh, 2007. The famous uh, Cliff Theory is what I call it. Was that the Matt Castle year? <laughs> yeah. The Matt Castle year. When they went 11-5, 12-4, yeah. something I mean, like 10-6. So, they, they still had a pretty good record. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, showed that, you know, when J- Jacoby Brissett came in and had to play a few games, they still won games. Jimmy G. Jimmy G. I mean, he can win. So... Do the Pat, you know, I guess the big question is how pushed do the Pats feel to go out and fill Brady's spot with another name? Or do y'all think they like what they have in house and they're just going to play it? And hey, we're the Patriots and we're going to win regardless. The scary thing is they signed Brian Hoyer. Not that that's scary. I'm not, <laughs> let's not get everybody's. Because I know people are going to be like, Derek Cle- thinks Brian Hoyer's the greatest. <laughs> Cleveland no. Brown fans just went, oh, my God. They, they actually said that uh, Bill Belichick's high on Jarrett Stidham. They, really, yeah. they, they have said that. that. That's what I've heard, but too. What's scary is what if the Pats just, you know, they say, okay, this year's a fluke. We're just going to, you know, go win what we can. you got Trevor Lawrence sitting there next year, too. What if you yeah. put him in a Patriots uniform? There's another start. I mean, what if you gave Belichick that Trevor be, Lawrence? That could be 
You really see him Peyton Man- That could be <laughs> Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck. That type of transition. Transition. I mean, you go from and as bad as I've hated the Colts over the year. I'm glad Andrew Luck is gone. Say it one because more time. <laughs> I'm glad Andrew Luck is gone. Why is that? Because I hated the thought of him being in our division for 15 years like Peyton Manning was. How'd that uh, go when Peyton was in the division? Horribly. I know. You know, it, you know it, but really, though, I mean, how often do you hit on two quarterbacks like that back-to-back? And, you know, like you said, if for some reason they were to just tank, and I don't know if Bill Belichick has that in his system. I don't know. If, I don't think he would. But if it's towards the end of the season and they have a shot at getting that first pick, he may not try as hard. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was getting to. And, you know, even with, you know, Stav- or um, uh, Trevor Lawrence coming out next year, Still you know, this could be a good year to see if Jerry Stinnett can – do it if he's the guy um you also have people in this draft that you know are kind of going under the radar from jake from yeah i could see jordan love for love you know there i mean jake from right now i think they might have him in the mid rounds somewhere i could see him taking another mid-round quarterback and turning them into the next tom brady because I'll, yeah, I'll never. He he knows what he's looking for in the type of player. I mean, how many people had heard of Jimmy Garoppolo? Negative. Or J- Jacoby Brissett? Negative. I mean, you look at Matt, Matt Castle. You look Nine at the order. quarterbacks that have went to that program. If people other than the fans of that program had ever heard of them before, you're like, who? It's the it's like the culture he's established up there. Yeah. It's it's a it's a winning mentality culture up there. Almost I mean, to going. I mean, you you just don't see him drafting a lot of high profile players at any position. No. I mean, probably the one that I remember off the top of my head that was probably the highest profile player he took in a while for me was Aaron Hernandez, and you see how that turned out. Yeah. And there's probably a reason why they just draft, you know, Joe Schmo's blue-collar work ethic because they just want to get him in there and work him. And so, you know, I could see, like like you said, giving Stinnett a try this year, maybe drafting somebody and then seeing they how said, next year goes. They said, they said Bill loves him, so. so. Oh, all right, we can get off the Patriot kick. I just hope that, you know, I'm just going to get this out. I hope they lose for eternity. <laughs> I'm done with them. I'm done. So you said that Jacoby is probably going. What if Jacoby goes back to the Patriots? It's a possibility. That's, that, it's actually, I've read stories about they would be willing to take him back if Andy shopped him. Because I do. Leave, come back. Leave, come back. How many times have we done that with the Patriots? <laughs> three, two, three. Yeah, you know, I'm going to make a bold prediction right now. Philip Rivers wins the Super Bowl before Tom Brady does. Boom. He's kind of already got six. I pretty much just, that was a bit, yeah. <laughs> but as a Buccaneer. Frank okay. Wright and Philip Rivers, when Frank Wright was in, was when he was with the Chargers, Philip Rivers, that's when he was putting up his crazy numbers. Philip Rivers and had Antonio Gates. Well, Reich already, Reich already came out today and said. Philip Rivers now had a good offensive line. Did you, I mean, seriously. But what does Indy got? What you're, got what, what you're about to say is what Reich is, you know, he basically came out and told fans he was like, yes. Philip already knows 80% of this offense that I run up here. Yes. 
He was the best candidate. And they'll go out and get another weapon. You know, uh, of course, you know, we got T.Y. We got Mac. We got, you know, tight ends are young. I think, uh, of course, our defense is, I mean, DeForest Buckner, that that sign was one of the best signs, I think. He's worth trading a 13 pick for. Uh, Paris Campbell. Is Indy a playoff team with Phillip Rivers next year? Yes. I think they're a wild card. I mean, I, I, I think they're either winning the division or they're a wild card team for sure. Um, and the thing about just come out and say it. Wrap your wrap your brain around. I don't Here's see eight and eight. I see it like it's either going to be really good or really bad. Yes, <laughs> this this is not going to be a ten and six, nine and seven, or whatever. Was it seventeen games next year? Oh, we're on, on the ten 80. and seven. Yeah, we're 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 switching and we're going to the Philip River signing now, and um, you know. I think it's going to be a boomer bust. I, I really do. And going back to your prediction about Rivers over Brady, I don't see either one of them winning the Super Bowl from here on out. I think they are to the point in their careers where they're done winning Super Bowls. I think Philip wants a taste of it. Well, Philip, you got to think all them good teams Phillip he had in the mid two thousands. The AFC South's going to be interesting. South's going to be good. Phillip, it's not the AFC South that you got to worry about. Philip ain't going to get past Kansas City or Baltimore. And that's the problem. And them two teams are going to be on, yeah. And those, I mean, and those juggernauts are, yes. I mean, that's your what opinion. Bal- I've got mine, so that's, that's <laughs> the beauty about this. Baltimore's <laughs> just gotten better over the offseason. Right. They choked against the Tennessee Titans for the love of God. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if they get by Tennessee, I, I think they just pull out a stone cold stunner and knock K- Kansas City out of it. And then I think they go into. I'm just anxious to see how Phillip Rivers plays in a dome all year. I mean,. Playing on turf makes a big Bye. difference than playing on grass. I'm sorry. He throws. I agree. The Ravens was the only team that would have gotten to a shootout with Kansas City and probably and, and, and win. Yeah. yeah, and win. And I just think those two teams right now. I don't know anybody else that can score with those teams, and you know I, I'm eager to see how teams start to play Lamar Jackson. And you know what? How defenses are going to change to stop Baltimore? You have to make but the run. other thing about Baltimore is their defense. I mean, their defense is pretty daggone good, and I, and they're. I think they're just going to get better. And so, the whole Philip Rivers thing, I get it. Here's a quarterback that's putting up good numbers throughout his career. You need a quarterback. Right now, he's probably better than anybody you could draft. So, why not take him? I get it. But, you know, the Phillip Rivers I've seen over the last two or three years, yes, you can holler about his offensive line. But I'll be honest, I looked at the stats. He only got sacked seven more times than what Indy's quarterbacks got sacked. So, I mean. What, last three years? No, last year. Oh. Last season. (laughs) So, you talk about the offensive line. It wasn't like he was on his back much more than Indianapolis Colts was. I mean, because I saw Jacoby Brissett get eight up. Many times. We're not going to rule out the fact, okay? Indy could have easily been a 10-11 winning team if we didn't have the 45-year-old man kicking field goals and extra points. Am I wrong? How many games it's did he big. lose for us? Yeah. yeah. Maybe I should take go. that XFL kicker. <laughs> Austin McGinnis, baby. There you go. <laughs> I'm, I'm but, telling you, we could have been an 11-11 win team. Yeah. yeah we, we had our problems in Dallas. And and that's that's every team. I mean, how are you going to fix your problems? So, I mean – um, Go get another kicker. I think that's why you see all the defensive players like changing so much now. I don't think people are trying to outbuild their offense with Kansas City and Baltimore, as to say, get a defense that can stop them. Yeah, 
You've got to be able to mix it up. You've got to be able to run the ball. And Indy exposed Kansas City in week seven or eight last year. It was seven, I think, or eight. When Marlon Mack had 160, you've got to be able to run the, run the rock, keep Curly Harrod on the sideline, you know, keep my homie over there. Here's looking at the Texans. Yeah. <laughs> I said, here's looking at the Texans. That's your – Right. I mean, great point. I mean – They it, couldn't run. No. no. They, they could not run against Kansas City. You've got to be able to run the ball. You've got to mix it up. You you can't and where team and we've talked about this where teams mess up they try to get in a shootout with your Baltimore and Kansas Cities you can't do it you cannot and Tennessee do it. had the recipe to beat them they just they got away from it they got yeah. away from, yeah exactly. well and I I get Kansas City a lot of credit they shut down the running game in the second half yeah and once we kind of got to that point it was like oh what are we going to do now and of course um, we we didn't counter punch to keep that lead and. Um, we didn't do enough to run enough minutes off that clock. And a name that everybody skipped, you had your Mahomes, you had your Kelsey's. Hiram Matthew. Steve Spagnola, the defensive coordinator for your Kansas City Chiefs. Look what he did. Their defense was atrocious last year. Look what he did this year. The same guy that shut down your 07-08 Patriots, your undefeated team on that giant squad. He's a hell of a – pardon my French, but he, he's a heck of a defense coordinator. Yes, and, you know, that's – <coughs> that's going to be like I said eager to see what I'm eager to see is how teams are going to adjust to stop your Kansas Cities and your Ravens that can put up points and gobs because I mean it goes in trends you go through defenses where defenses win championships and now all of a sudden it looks like it's offenses are winning championships because I mean your 49ers your Buckners and things like that they didn't do it and that was the best defensive team in call in uh, NFL last There's year. There's more players than just Buckner on that defensive line, though. Well, I was just saying that. Just you know, he was the standout. The, uh, the but I mean, that was the best defense in the NFL, I think, hands down. You put them up against anybody. They the had Bosa and Buckner yeah. and all them. Yeah. Offense had some struggles, but I mean, you look at that defense in the back end, linebacker, devil up front. They had it. They had the people to make plays. And they couldn't stop them. Once they, once Kansas City got rolling, it was done. Sherman was exposed. Kyle <laughs> Shanahan did it again to us. First yeah. Atlanta, and then the 49ers. He can't be trusted with leads. I mean, yeah. that's uh, – So, I mean, I, we, we, we kind of brought that around with uh, Philip, you know, Philip Rivers. But, you know, kind of everybody kind of had their, you know, opinion. Like you said, you know, I do see the, the, the signing. I get it. I just don't know that it's going to be what – they think it's going. I to wish be. he would have went for two years, twenty five million dollars. One year for twenty five million, man. That's that's, that's quite steep. A it is. So I mean, I think he, he's excited, and so I mean, and I never thought I'd say you it. Know, after what sixteen years? After, I never thought I'd say it, man. You know, oh my gosh. Here's my thing: is, is he th- is he playing long term? Oh no 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 no. Do you I think, think he's I done think, after this year? I think he's got one more year. Depends on where we go, how far we go. So I mean, here. One year, $25 million, was he saying, I'm going to take $25 million and I'm getting out? Here's our thing. Here, here's Andy's thing. We were a kicker and a quarterback away from really contending last year. Quarter, we, gave, we gave Jacoby all the we, – we gave him all the time in the world, and it's just like it just never – he. some guys are just meant to be backup quarterbacks. There you go. Then some 45-year-old kickers are just meant to retire. <laughs> <laughs> That's just time to hang it up, boys. Yeah, like we said, it's easier to see. Uh, going on with our NFL, though, what about the Retire. 14 <laughs> – the, the new 14-team playoff format? 
Love uh, it. I, I think it shakes things up a bit, obviously, uh, with, uh, I guess, two additional teams getting in. We're going from 12 to 14. Yeah. Um, I still wish they would figure out a different way to kind of see, you know, mix things up. I, I'm still not a big fan of just division leaders automatically getting in. Um, I I really think, okay, if you want to go to 14 teams, we're going to take the top 14 teams. Do it like the NBA does. I mean, you got an Eastern Coast or Eastern Conference, Western Conference, top eight teams from each team. Your record should mean something. Yeah. I mean, to me, that is the biggest injustice in, you know, out there is that you can have uh, a six and, you know, ten team. You know, eight and eight winning the division, but you got a wild card team sitting at 13 and 3, 12 and 4. There and, you go. And not going in. Right. That, that to me, is the biggest injustice in sports uh, all around. And, you know, I think the NBA system works great, you know, with just basing on records mm-hmm. and going from there. Yeah. I get the point of divisions for travel, which is fine. But – as far as seeding for playoffs, I, I don't get it. And I guess that what they're saying is that, you know, if you have to play within your division twice, you know, that should mean something too. And But, you know, really that doesn't even matter because you can go winless in your division and have the best record and win your division. Yeah. Because your division record really means nothing unless it comes down to tiebreakers. Mm-hmm. Seen that so, many times. So what's the point in your division record if that's not how you're being seated? Okay, I, I would be for, okay, we're going to redo it and say, all right, whoever wins your division you come out based on your divisional record and use your overall record as the tiebreaker. Yeah. That makes more sense to me. But just the way it's seated kind of, you know, bothers me. But, you know, that's a different topic. So, you got two and seven, three and six, four and five. Number one gets first round by. As to where before is your first two teams. Hopefully yeah. it gives a chance for a few more teams. To, you know, just teams that, you know, might be hanging on the thread of getting in. You'll see them. In there. But here, here is the beauty of this format. You're not going to see. You're not going to see guys resting now. These games are going to mean something now. I truly think so. You expanded out to 14 teams. There's not going to be many teams resting their players. Your well, big cats. That's just that. That's my belief. Well, I mean, so a one is still going to be able to lock. A division leader is still going to be able to lock. Yeah. So. But you know, I mean, from okay, say that say that does happen. What about four, five, six, seven? I mean, they're, those they're teams. Three, three through seven. Two through seven. I mean, those teams. I, I, I love it. Plus, it's more football. How can you not? Yeah. Well, I mean, does it really change the length of the, the playoff, though? I mean, it's still. Do they shorten it down to two preseason? It's two, two preseason games, 17 regular season games. Good, because preseason's dumb. Yeah, it's garbage. Well, which the good news is I read a while ago is that the NFL execs still plan on starting everything on time. Uh, so that's good news. That um, is very good news. But I'm eager to see how the 14-team playoff works. And, you know, obviously your one seed should still get a bye, in my opinion. Um, and then kind of work out from there. Um, but I, I guess in my mind, I guess it adds another weekend to playoff football. Maybe I don't know. I'm not drawn sure, to that. Maybe more games during that. But weekend. we've seen so many teams snubbed. I'm glad we're doing this. I'm, we've seen so many teams all through the years get snubbed with winner at ten and six, eleven and five records. I make the playoffs. Then you have a division winner at seven and seven and nine. What uh, mistake me if I'm wrong? What was Seattle the for, the year? Seven and nine. Exactly. And they won the Super Bowl. And they won the Super. But still, the Giants had a few years where they were yeah 
And eight and eight. Yeah, barely over 500. Yeah. Eagles but this is here. what we wanted, so it's, it's good. The Giants were just in a bad division. <laughs> the division's pretty bad. <laughs> Sorry, I, I couldn't resist the Giants. Maybe McCarthy. I don't know. McCarthy's going to change the Cowboys. Yeah. You've heard it here. Uh, You've heard we'll it on see. Still Your Sports. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, jury's out still. Well, I mean, bring out the jury. What about March Madness? Let's switch it up a little bit. Next weekend would have been the uh, national championship weekend. Um, let's do a little bit of thing as we sign off today. Your your favorite March Madness memory. Uh, and you don't have to just choose one. You can choose a couple. But I'm going to go, and I'll start this off. Western Kentucky University, Ty Rogers hitting a three-quarter court shot to win a game. You know, Toppers. The Toppers, obviously. The Courtney Lee. Uh, Courtney Lee was on Mendez that team. Valdez. Yes, that was a great team. That was probably one of the best WKU teams they had out there. Yeah. Sweet 16. And um, made the Sweet 16, I think, on that shot. Yes. Actually. And um, was that to me, as, as a topper, uh, a graduate from Western, to me, that, that shot just, you know, still think about it, uh, sends cold chills all over my, all over me. Because uh, Western don't make it to Sweet 16 too often, but to go on a last-second buzzer beater, that, that was pretty pretty special. Mm, yeah. Go ahead, D-Rock. Throw it up there. Oh, uh, I like a... Runs, in my opinion, I like George Mason's run back when they was a Cinderella, Florida Gulf Coast. Well, they make it the Final Four. Yeah, they went to the Final Four. Of course, I think they ended up I'm trying to remember who they ended. It's been so long since I've watched your VCU, your Wichita State, I forgot beat by Michigan State, maybe that year. I want to say it was because that was the year Florida was on their runs. <laughs> it was either Florida or like UCLA. I can't remember now, but. That was a heck of a run by George May, uh, by George, uh, George Mason. Um, I'm trying to think, like Wichita State's had a few. Wichita State had that BCU's undefeated. had one. Um, I don't know. Like favorite moment would probably. I liked um, when I mean Georgia State. The coach's son hit that buzzer beater a few years ago. And I think the coach was so happy he fell out of his stool. I mean, that was – you know, you can't put – you can't fake that stuff. Uh, when, George, when George Mason made that, you yeah. had the LSU Tigers too. So, yeah, yeah, Glenn Davis. That was when they went to the Final Four, I believe. Tyrus Thomas and then yeah, yeah, yeah. Who ended – did you know who ended up putting George Mason out that year? Because mm. I, <clears throat> I can't really remember. But it, it really ain't important, but – like uh, it was just I like I love that run that Cinderella team. I love Cinderella stories. I mean, I wasn't alive, but Connecticut, the, Connecticut, okay, UConn, so Connecticut yeah. overtime eighty six eighty four. Yeah, that's probably when they had like Josh Boone and all of them. Um, heck, I mean, when you had back in the when Jimmy Valvano, yeah, Jimmy Valvano and they you know underdogs. They beat the five slam jamma at the buzz. UMBC's beating your Virginia. Then Virginia coming back and winning the national championship. When's that ever going to happen? As much again? as I hate to say it, the Leitner shot. I was going to bring we that all up. No, is probably one of the most significant March Madness moments. I wasn't going to bring that moments. up. Yes, she was. No, I wasn't. But, I mean, as far as one of the greatest tournament games, that's, that, that, that's personally mine. Back and forth over time. Should Leitner been in? The stomp on Amino Timberlake's chest. Did you have put a on the inbound pass? I mean, <laughs> different scenarios. Mm-hmm. I think mine is Brad Stevens and the Butler boys coming out of nowhere for two years. 
Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, Gordon Hayward and Shelvin Mack, you know, <laughs> watching this cat just play. I got to see him up up close in person. He was a Kentucky boy, wasn't he? He was Brian Station straight up. Yeah. Played football against him. And, man, just watch, it was pretty cool watching, you know, knowing that that dude ran you over and he is just balling on national television. It was awesome. His leg is rounder than this table we're talking on right now. He's a tree trunk. <laughs> Adam Morrison's breakdown crying when he got beat. Yes. I mean, that There's was just, just so mean. It made you want to, like, just hug him. I mean, I just yeah. I felt bad for Adam Morrison. He's just sitting there crying. No one's helping him. Nobody. He's in the middle of the court by himself crying. Yeah. Like, is anyone going to help It was sad. It, it was. I never will forget Dad said, I feel so bad for him. I said, well, he, he, he lost. <laughs> you know, I mean, what do you do? VCU, you know, Shaka Smart and them boys doing what they did, yep. you know. And, uh, well, of course, Wichita State, Florida having their back-to-back dominant, you know, two years. God, man, they made Mike Conley. 97. Greg look good. Derek Anderson should have played. Derek Anderson should have played. Oh, man. <laughs> There's Kentucky, been just so Tino, many. He could have had three in a row, man. Could have had, you know, that's. I mean. I, I'll be, I'll be, and this goes back to my childhood. One of the the favorite runs, I guess, uh, of teams that I got to really follow closely when I was growing up was. The Arkansas forty minutes of hell teams. Nolan Richardson, Nolan Richardson, Scotty Thurman, Corliss Williamson. Those were fun teams to watch. Um, of course, they made their run. Uh, and they won their first championship, and they ended up, I think, losing to Arizona for the second one or or something like that. But those were fun teams. The ninety four, I believe. Ninety four, like one. It was somewhere around there. They won the national uh, championship. <laughs> But, you know, those Arizona – there's been so many good teams. What would be like a bonus little topic here? What would be y'all's favorite March Madness tournament team that y'all could really think of? Just all – you know, if you had to pick one. I had to pick one. The Luke Hancock Cardinals, even though it don't count. (laughs) It does count in our hearts. (laughs) It it, it counts for me. They beat Michigan. That was a deep team. That's all that matters. I'd like to – and I will give y'all this. Luke Hancock. Before halftime took – I mean, if it wasn't for him. That was one of the most impressive – Performances by a player. He was a and, and all tournament. I mean, he from start of the tournament to end, he carried them. And uh, I thought y'all had back to back great teams, twelve and thirteen, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. Because I'm telling you what, if it hadn't been for Darius Miller, Louisville would have beat Kentucky in that final four a year. Because mm-hmm. Darius Miller kind of bench hit them two threes and really iced it. But that Louisville team was really good too. That was fun to watch UK and U of L in the final four. What a great way for the state of Kentucky to really get a lot of. Recognition for basketball, the thing that we love the most. You know, you got bourbon, basketball, horses. I, I, personally, <laughs> I, I personally love football more than but Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, but you know, like the state of here, Kentucky is yeah, known for right. basketball. I like when you're Moorhead, you're Murray's, or what? Was it's, it? It's it awesome. wasn't not too long ago. All the your Kentucky teams. There were was in there. there was a couple of years where Louisville, Eastern, Western, UK, and I believe Moorhead actually made it. In. I think Moorhead, Murray, Louisville, Kentucky, and Western. I think it was. Yeah. I could be wrong. And that reminds me of here, Kenneth Fareed. What a freak. <clears throat> Put Louisville out. Yeah. By himself. Yeah, I mean, he's single-handed. He he's single-handed. We won't see him. We won't see another Florida Gator team like we saw in the mid-2000s. 06, no, 07? No. No. Nah, Joe I mean, Keem, Horford, Brewer. They're, they're up there with, like, your 96 Kentuckys. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, like your, like your teams that you knew was going to. Well, yeah, especially when they all announced they were coming back. Yeah, when it, you just don't have that anymore. No, no. Kids you, no, you don't have, and you don't have full teams of guys that are just coming back 
to play together anymore. No. no. Everything's so economically driven. They're ready for that first check, even though 90% of and them not to put in the D-League. Not to put, you know, Cal Perry down or anything, but it started in 09 with John Wall, Bledsoe, and all them boys. That's when it just went whoosh. You're teaming up, you know, a year or two trying to go after it, the title. It's glorified AAU ball for a year yeah. is what it is. I mean, and, you know, I saw where Quigley's planning on coming back. And, uh, um, but, I mean, still, I think they have five maybe projected picks out of Kentucky's roster. They're my, not as high as people thought they were going to be. But My gut feeling is we lose all of them. Uh, this, uh, like you alluded to, the times, I mean, I don't see – Maxi quickly, Richards, Montgomery, or Higgins. I think. I think we'll all, they'll all go. I mean, hey, uh, it sucks, but you know, it's the reality we live here, in now. Here's and here's the thing that I hate to love about Kentucky fans. Calipari's not reloading like he used to. When he first got to Kentucky, year I mean, it year, was first loaded, run, It was it was loaded year after year. Now you see some of these top five kids, more of these top five kids going other places. And it's not just your top priority schools. It's like we had the one that went to Memphis. And, you know, they'll end up on some team. Uh, James Wiseman. Yeah. yeah, you know Anthony Edwards at Georgia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, these great players are going to other programs now. And I, I think some of them are to the point, I don't want to team up with, you know, they don't want to share the spotlight. And at Kentucky, if helps you go dra- there, it helps their draft. A lot of these kids, I think, you know, if they're going to spend a year in college, they know they're going, they're a projected lottery pick. Why not play for your hometown? You know, play close to your family and friends. Yeah. And then you're out the next year regardless. I mean, you look at the last two teams that Calipari's had and look at how important of a role his grad school transferred players have made. Uh, Reed Travis. Reed Travis last year. Sustina. And then Sustina this year. Without those two players, I'm sorry, neither one of those teams are, are probably winning. You can take 10 games off each season because, I mean, Sustina played well this year, but I thought Reed Travis was what made Kentucky go last year. It's Just more... His physicality as a grown man in there than anything else because Nick Richards wasn't doing anything in the post last year. The only argument, like, it's more of a gamble now to go get your high school athletes that are top five, top ten projected lottery picks because you don't really know how the season's going to play out with them as you did five, ten years ago. It was more apt that they would stay in college, whereas now guys are really more open to, hey, I'll just, you know, I'll play half the year. If I want to start my NBA draft now, I can. I'll go ahead and start doing workouts. Mm -hmm. Look what happened to Penny Hardaway at Memphis. You went and got James Wiseman. Mm-hmm. You had all that trouble. I mean, go, bearing, you know, you had the trouble with Wiseman, with the money and stuff. <clears throat> I think without that, he probably would have finished. But you got guys now that your your ball kids have really opened up going overseas, starting this draft process earlier. You're not getting the guys to stay in college like they used to. I can go make money now or I can go ahead and start working out. Yeah. Getting teams to look at me. I'll be honest, most of these kids aren't coming from homes where they can afford to just stay in college for That's three or four the reality, years. yeah. I mean, most of these kids don't have that economic background. Um, so, that, to me, I'm seeing the shift. Different wave coming through. Uh, yeah, for sure. A, a different wave, and kids 
like like you said, wanting to be stars. And when you go to these big programs the, you, where you know that you're going to be competing against, I mean, you know, look at what happened in Kentucky this year with Maxie Quigley, Ashton Hagens, all those guys basically buying for playing time against each other. Um, you know, that could potentially hurt your draft stock. If you can't be a starter on your college basketball team, chances are you're probably not a lottery pick. That's where you got all these transfers. So, you mean, this is actually one of the few teams – under Calipari, if not the one that's had the most transfers with Khalil Whitney. And now we had Johnny Juzang this past Friday announcing he's transferring back to the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Khalil Whitney's already transferred. And now you, you have these, these these players that are coming in. Are, are you really sure that you're cut out for this? What do I do next? And this this whole coronavirus has thrown everything into a big loop to where these kids don't know, you know, can I get the feedback I'm going to get like I would have gotten previous years? The 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 the, the, the players that Calipari has gotten these past few years aren't your John Walls and Anthony Davis. I do agree, and I and I think it's it's kind of a trickle effect to what's happened with these top players, to where you got guys that want to stay home. They know they're going to be your top five, top ten picks, and they're just going to play for family and friends. You don't have the guys that, well, I'm going to go and I'm committed to this university, this coach. And I I think the downside of that anymore is I'm not sure Kentucky and Calipari is quite getting the talent like the John Wall group, the Anthony Davis group, to push year in and year out. It just seems like they're getting younger. Yeah, it, it, the what, youth move, movement. Our is recruiting just, really took a hit when Coach Orlando Antigua left. Orlando Antigua was, was 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 without argument one of the best recruiters Calipari had. When he had Coach O, he got your superstars, your guys that when they signed, people were like, "Okay, Kentucky's automatically national championship team." Your Anthony Davis, John Walls, your cousins. I mean, he got your Brandon Knights. These guys that you knew were going to be stars. Now we're going to get these guys that, okay, they're McDonald's All-Americans still, but they're not on the levels that like your James Wiseman's. And it's it's been that way since Coach uh, uh, Antigua left. I I like the, the coaching staff he's got, but they're just not the recruiters that Coach O was. He was a good, great recruiter. Yeah. For yeah, and the byproduct of all this, I think you're going to start to see how teams are – how coaches are setting up their teams <clears throat> change a little bit. I could see now teams start to shift to going for maybe one or two of those five-star type kids and then start to go after, you know, a bunch of three or four stars that you know are going to be there until they're juniors or maybe seniors. That brings up a great point to what the NCAA approved of yesterday, I believe, with the graduate transfers now. It's more uh, open for graduate transfers to move from school to school. And just openly play. Yeah. And, you're going to have that. So point. you're going to have more seasoned yeah. players coming into your program to take the replacement of some of those. But like I said, I, I just think coaches are going to have to look and see what's happening over the landscape of college basketball and change how they're constructing their rosters. And give me I, players that want to come in two or three years and try to do something special. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not. I, I'd hate to put in prime example Virginia last year. Yes, 
Yes. All right. Prime example, Auburn last year. You know, teams that were junior, senior late, and had one or two solid studs out there on the court. But everybody else was role players and just good college basketball players. I mean, <clears throat> Virginia could play against anybody in the nation and beat anybody in the nation. They pretty much did. All right, because they ran roughshod over the ACC. <laughs> yeah, before that, they get beat by UMBC. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they were young. Guy and all of them said, all "You know what? Guys. Let's come. Let's go. Let's go back." Yeah. Well, they, brought, they brought back just about their. They didn't team. want to be known for the team. Uh, yeah, they pretty much brought their. I'll own team say back. it, guys. It, to win a national championship in college basketball, you have to have some type of veteran leadership. Yes. Yes. It yes. goes without yes. saying. The history proves itself. I mean, you can have a team loaded with talent. And they're underclassmen. Normally, it's not going to win it, guys. Right. It's going to be your teams that junior, senior, because how dominant veterans AD was. He was dominant. It still took a Darius Miller exactly. type. Exactly. You had Terrence Jones back, Deron Lamb. Yes. You had guys that had been there and done it before. Yes. You have to have that. And that's what you gets take, overlooked at Charles Titan. Yes, you take Darius Miller off that team, or a Deron Lamb, or Terrence Jones. Yeah. It's not the same thing. You, you don't have the mental makeup. Right. To bring those guys along. Exactly. So, you know, it was good to at least get to talk about some basketball and uh, as we close it down today and look forward to – Shout out to all the families out there that's lost a loved one due to this this <clears throat> bad nonsense. Um, just all love in the world for y'all. We appreciate y'all's patience. We're sorry it took so long to do another episode, but we will try to keep everything going smooth for y'all. Keep y'all updated on sports as they come our way, too. Just the main thing, like my buddy Kent said, be safe out there. We'll try to get through this together. And all you, uh, I guess, essential workers out there that are going into work every day. uh, Hats off to you. Hats off to you. Yes. You know. Thank you all. You're all in a tough situation, and, you know, being on the front lines is a tough thing to do. People working at the restaurants, the stores, make sure everybody's getting what they're needed to, you know, got to get. Shout out to y'all, your truck drivers, everybody. Yeah. So as we uh, close it down, just for a little memoriam sake, let's hit a little bit more Joe Diffie. Let's do it. Let's do it. Close it out. Let's go a little pickup man here. So far from... On a side note, how did Leonardo DiCaprio not get an Oscar for Titanic? You've got to be kidding me. This is, it's a joke. The Revenant wasn't even that good. And it got him an Oscar. <laughs> Please watch Tiger King if y'all are out there. Do not watch that show. You won't regret it. You will regret it. Kent just ain't watched it yet. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio, one of the greatest actors of all time. And for Spill Your Sports, one Oscar. We Terrible. are out. <laughs>